said, no, mom, Die Hard is not about necrophilia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah. She is. uh, Oh, moms. Gotta love them because you emerged from there. Uh, So anyway, uh, you are here. You're on another episode of Screen Fix News where we are going to drop the latest movie news. Also look out for our fix episodes where we fix recent blockbusters. There will be a fix this week of Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Life is short. The world is wide. I want to make some memories. But right now, it's all about news. I'm JC. With me, as always, is the co-host that carries the show, Lady Wan. Why don't you say hello? Hi, everyone. And why don't you tell us uh, if you've done anything this week that was film-related, or just tell us anything at all that you want to tell us. Maybe you finally recorded your own version of Abbas Fernando, replacing Fernando with your dog's name. (laughs) Charlotte would be a very good song. I like it. I have been obsessively watching the new season of Last Chance You on Netflix, and because it's on Netflix, that makes it close enough to movie-related. Okay, so what, what is Last Chance You? It is a docu-series about a community college football program. This season is in Independence, Kansas, and man, is it depressing. Yeah, that's right, everybody. Uh, In case you're new to the show, Lady Wan has been a sports potter. She is a huge sports maniac. She may even be a crazy booster person or something for a major university. Not, Not booster. What is it? Oh, no, I'm a booster. I'm a booster. I'm on the fan council. I'm bona fide. Whoa. Mm-hmm. She is serious about sports. Very. She likes the action. She likes the drama. She likes the skin tight pants. <laughs> I love football. <laughs> anyway, do you want to just dive right into this uh, this news here? Let's get right to it. All right. So something did drop this week. Uh, it was the official Star Wars casting list. And on this list were some interesting names. We know that this one is going to be directed by J.J. Abrams. He loves giving the fans what they want, just the way they want it. And that's probably why in this official list is Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nyong'o, Dom Gleason, Kelly Marie Tran, Junis Soitamo, and Billy Lord. But here are the names that make it interesting. Mark Hamill and Billy D. Williams are also in this cast list. They're also going to use effects to bring back Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia. General Organa. Sorry, General (laughs) Organa. She is not just a princess. Uh -uh. She is leading the resistance. And they got the okay from, it sounds like, from both Billy Lord and from Carrie Fisher's brother to use her likeness uh, in this movie. Do you think they're going to bring her back to give her a satisfying end to her character and her her story, like a fitting, respectful end? Mark Hamill, do you think he's just going to be Force Ghost or think he didn't die? What do you think? What do you think, Lady Wan? I hope they give General Organa a worthy send-off, but I don't know how I feel about the idea that they're using like unused footage and I don't feel good about this. I just wanted her to be sent off in the crawl that would open up the movie. They would just mention that she was like killed in battle, like defending the resistance. Like that's what I was expecting. And I'm kind of uncomfortable with this. And yeah, Luke's going to be a force ghost. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> he's gonna be yeah a force ghost he did <laughs> he he died so yeah i think he's definitely gonna be a force ghost as well i'm excited about billy d williams carrie fisher coming back though i mean they've already done this so when they brought back peter cushing to be grand moff tarkin i don't know there was something strange about it right yeah it just feels weird and it's distracting it is definitely kind of distracting and they they really haven't perfected this technology yet maybe it'll be better because they're using unused footage rather than just creating this person cgi completely but still the uncanny valley is is very deep still with these bringing back of people who have passed away but i know that they want to honor carrie's legacy hopefully it's done respectfully jj i'm sure is going to do it respectfully all right that is our casting surprises we're gonna move on a company that seems to be doing a really good job diversifying their characters disney is oh torpedo you're doing how did you hear Disney from Jesus back there? Christ. Rude. All right. Do you have a take on this? Here we go. Out of nowhere, Torpedo hears Disney, and she appears out of the shadows into the studio. I'm ready. Disney <laughs> is going to do a live-action film called Sade from the dope director. He's not He's not like a dope director. Well, I mean, he probably is a dope yeah, I director. Mean, it was a good movie. Right. <laughs> anyway. From the dope director, who's also a dope director, Rick Famuyiwa, and it is going to be live action, and this is going to be Disney's first African princess. First of all, the the tale, it's going to be a fairy tale type story. There's going to be a neighboring prince, there's going to be some evil presence, and the princess is going to have magical powers that she's going to have to draw upon to fight this evil force. Now, a lot of their other stories are based on pretty popular existing IP. This looks like an original story. So what do you think about this, our Disney fanatic? Are you excited for this? Are you glad Disney's diversifying? You know what, Torpedo, you were so excited about this and quite honestly scared the crap out of me. Why don't you go <laughs> ahead and go? Um, I am so excited about this. Like, I didn't know actually until today that it was going to be a live action film. But I'm excited for the different plot. And honestly, I'm excited because I hope it does better than The Princess of the Frog. Because that was the very first African-American um, princess. But it didn't do as well. So Right. Princess and the Frog kind of effectively killed the 2D animation, right? It did. It did. It wasn't a good exit for the 2D. Not killed, but it was the end, really, of the, the, the 2D. It did not do well, and they just canned the whole 2d thing yeah it was no mulan it was no little mermaid anything like that so yeah no i'm excited you know with black panther being as popular as it was they're kind of flipping the switch so it's an african princess and she has her own story she develops her own powers you know i'm excited i i feel like there's gonna be more action for the princess so that's exciting to see do you find it strange that our last two disney princesses i guess i'm throwing frozen in here had like like magical powers no because it's disney it's true there's always some kind of magical aspect it wouldn't be disney without magic it's magical <laughs> all right what is your take on this one lady Wan? i can't wait i think it's gonna be awesome and i'm really excited that this is part of all the live action fairy tales that disney is bringing out now and um I think it's going to be awesome, and I can't wait to see it. Great. I think Disney's live-action division has been really cranking out 
amazing films lately. Jungle Book, Cinderella with Lily James. We've got Lion King coming. We've seen the trailer for Dumbo that looks incredible. So I'm, I, I really have a lot of confidence in their live action offerings right now. So I'm also excited to see this. And on the back of other uh, more diverse projects like Pixar's Coco and Marvel's Black Panther. And then we've got Disney also diversifying here with Sade. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. You want to stick around for another topic or you want to go? I gotta go. All right. What were you doing in the studio Don't right now? This late. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Torpedo, do you live here? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just clean up after yourself. That's all I ask. No evidence. No evidence. Perfect. All right. Bye. All right. That was weird. So she definitely lives here. I don't know what she was doing in here. Uh, anyway, she smelled a little bit too. I mean, there's no shower in here. I, I don't know what she's doing in here. So anyway. That sink is pretty deep though. It is. It is a big sink. Wonder if she put anything in the in the fridge. I'm going to check. I, I got to get to the bottom. Does, does she have a, a house? I've never been to it. Me either. Uh, oh, there's a pillow and a blank. She slept here. She's definitely. All right. So anyway, our next bit of news. Peter Dinklage is going to star in a Rumpelstiltskin movie. Is anyone clamoring for Rumpelstiltskin? <laughs> but the last time I, the last time I heard of any Rumpelstiltskin movie was like a, a horror movie that came out a little ways back. I don't know if there's enough to the Rumpelstiltskin story. No. To even justify a Rumpelstiltskin movie, I think the isn't the basic plot like basically there's a miller who tells a king that his daughter can spin straw into gold, but he's lying and the king puts the daughter in some kind of prison tower and says hey make this straw into gold because her dumb father told him that she could and then she's of course in despair and who shows up uh rumpelstiltskin rumpelstiltskin can turn straw into gold and he offers to help her but she'll have to give him her firstborn child the only way that the daughter would not have to do that is if she knows Rumpelstiltskin's name, because that's like his weakness is that. So <laughs> I don't know. Is there a good movie in there? No. Let me know. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, you no. have a strong op- opinion like, about no. it. Peter Dinklage, Rumpelstiltskin movie. Give me your thought, Lady Wanga. This is a short story. No pun intended. This is not a feature film. <laughs> right? I don't know what they're going to do with this, how they're going to beef this up enough. There's nothing there. This should be the short that goes before the live action Disney princess movie, just the way they do with all the Pixar shorts before the Pixar movies. I mean, I think I've mentioned this before that there are some stories that are from an era where they're just, we're not saturated with stories and things. So you would read this story, Rumpelstiltskin, and go, oh, great. Wow, this is entertaining, you know? But so many stories have been told at this point that we don't need to dip back into stories that are from Brothers Grimm books from the 1800s. Like, I don't know. And the story's older than that. Like, the story's, like, couple millennia old. It's weird. Right. Like, this is probably entertaining if I was, like, living in Germany a couple thousand years ago. Yeah, that would have been great. Without running water. Yes, exactly. (laughs) If I was being told this while my German grandmama was ladling me some stew, yeah, this would be great. This would be a great time, you know, because somebody would be telling me this story. But, you know, not all stories make it into the modern age. They stay time capsules. Yeah, we can let this one go. Speaking of other things that nobody asked for at all, (laughs) Ryan Reynolds is going to make a stoner Home Alone. He's going to make 
I guess, kind of a spiritual <sighs> reboot. A kindred spirit to Home Alone, except this is going to be the stoner version. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds, what? So this story is based on an idea by a Fox executive named Matt Riley. Do good ideas come from executives? Not that I've seen. This is the synopsis of the movie. This comes from Deadline. Stoned Alone is reminiscent of that hallowed comedy classic. It centers around a 20-something weed-growing loser who misses the plane for his holiday ski trip. He makes the best of things by getting high. Paranoia sets in and he believes he hears someone break into his house. Turns out thieves have broken in. Fully stoned and fueled by paranoia, he tries to thwart the thieves and defend his castle. I have a problem here. Ryan Reynolds is going to be in this? He might be in this. So far, he's he 42. Is... <laughs> he doesn't get to play a 20-something stoner. I don't care how good your body is. You're 42, Ryan Reynolds. Hang it up, man. You got two kids. What is he doing? I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Does he not know how old he is? Apparently this executive, Matt Riley, has got something on him. First of all, wouldn't this movie just be better if it was an actual R-rated sequel to Home Alone, but like a real sequel and it starred Macaulay Culkin? Like a thousand percent better. Right. If it just starred Macaulay Culkin as someone who never really did anything with his life, because he's dealing with like the PTSD of having been attacked twice by adult burglars. Just abandoned by his family. Attacked. He goes to therapy for it all the time. He smokes medicinal marijuana. Yes. To to deal with it. Yeah, he's definitely not able to sleep at night. So he no. needs weed for that. He needs his medicinal marijuana. And imagine he's home smoking his weed. And guess who just got out of prison? The wet bandits. They found out where he lives. And they are trying to break in. And here it just becomes stoned alone. What do you think? Oh, most definitely. How old is Macaulay Culkin? Macaulay Culkin is 37. That's better than 42. Yeah, 37. Hasn't done much with his life. Maybe even inherited that big house. Oh, <gasps> yes. Yeah, he inherits that house and he's living there and the house is filthy. I like it. I'm way more into this. Let's hit our next piece of news. This is casting. Elizabeth Banks is going to be rebooting Charlie's Angels and the news landed she has found her three angels and they are Kristen Stewart Naomi Scott and Ella Balinska Banks told Variety that Charlie's Angels is one of the original brands to celebrate empowered women she wants this film to honor the legacy of Charles Townsend and introduce the angels to a new modern era she's really excited about it of course she is. I mean, she wouldn't say she's not. Yeah. Elizabeth Banks <laughs> says, my next project is going to be pretty mediocre, but I'm hoping it'll pay my mortgage for a while. Really needed to hit a large IP because the money's dwindling. <laughs> so Naomi Scott was most recently in the Power Rangers movie. With Elizabeth Banks. But she's also going to play Jasmine in Disney's live action Aladdin remake. And Balinska is less known, mostly UK stuff. I really want to know what your thoughts on Kristen Stewart leading our Charlie's Angels into the modern age is going to be like. Why don't you give me your take? Lady Wan, go. I feel like if you told Kristen Stewart they were going to reboot Charlie's Angels, she would just roll her eyes and smirk at the concept. 
<laughs> but I guess she needs another franchise and she's down to do whatever. But re- like realistically, it's been long enough. Like, sure, let's do this thing again. When they rebooted it for the first time, it was 2000. Yeah. Directed by Mick G. Right. <laughs> let's go ahead and do this again. The sequel was 03. Like, it's been plenty of time. We need a new one. Sure. Let's do it. It's not like the original material is super sacred. Like, just do it. I do know that in this movie... The Townsend Agency supposedly is going to be a large global security and intelligence company now. And there's going to be lots of these teams. And this is going to be one of those teams. So I wonder if they're going to be setting this up for a shared universe. New Charlie's Angels teams here. New Charlie's Angels teams there. So I actually like Kristen Stewart more than most people do. I do agree that she kind of stammers and stutters her way, kind of scrunches her face through everything. But I do think she's a decent actress. I'm looking forward to seeing what Kristen Stewart does with some balls to the wall action. It's so why not? All right, let's do some trailers. Our first trailer is a doozy of a tearjerker. It is the what they had trailer. Got it. Biddy, you ought to be home with your family. Is she all right? She's fine. Is that my baby? I've been telling him for years, you got to figure out what you want to do with mom when the time comes, because we all know how this thing works. I'm sorry. I ought to be here more often. You got family. You got girls. You got a husband. You're here plenty. She was trying to go home. She thinks she's still a little girl, and she can't figure out why she's stuck here. Who's that? Oh, what is that? You know who that is? He's my boyfriend. See? I guess we should just give everyone in this movie Academy Award nominations right now. It's a absolute gut punch of a trailer. Blythe Danner is a woman with Alzheimer's, and her husband is played by Robert Forster. Basically, it's about a family dealing with that, and Hilary Swank dealing with feelings of not having a strong relationship, and Robert Forster not giving up on his relationship with Blythe Danner, even though she's got Alzheimer's, and Michael Shannon looks spectacular in this as well. He plays Hilary Swank's brother. The synopsis of the film is Bridget, Hilary Swank's character, returns home to Chicago at her brother Michael Shannon's urging to deal with her ailing mother and her father's reluctance to let go of their life together. So Hilary Swank looks amazing in this. Everyone looks amazing in this. The music, everything about it. The writing seems really good as well. And this looks like it's going to be an absolute cry fest. It looks incredible though. I'm very much looking forward to this. I know that it will crush me to see it. A lot of fine actors in here and it looks like a gut-wrenching story. What did you think about this one? The What They Had trailer, Lady Wan, go. So I haven't cried that hard since I watched Lady Bird. Um, And this is just the trailer. Yeah, (laughs) this is just the trailer. So this is hitting home for me big time. Those are my parents. So that's really, really hard to watch. I don't know if I will be able to see this movie. I was not able to see the movie Still Alice with Julianne Moore that she won the Academy Award for. I read the book and it took me weeks to read the book because I would just fall apart into sobbing fits. Alzheimer's is the fucking worst. So I'm on some level glad that they made this movie because it's a thing that a lot of people are dealing with and I guess it helps in some way to be able to see a story that you are struggling with and that nobody really knows as much about but 
like holy shit i did not read the plot description before i watched the trailer so that's probably my bad and i just fell apart completely like the things that the dad is saying in the trailer like my dad has said that to me about my mom so it's it's real stuff so it seems like it's really well written and well acted and uh jury is out on if i will be able to a, bring myself to buy a ticket, and then B, stop crying long enough in the movie to actually hear it. We'll see. It seems like this movie is going to be very serious, heavy. There's definitely lines in it that are funny and comedic. Do you feel like in situations like this that sometimes you have to maintain a sense of normalcy by keeping your sense of humor? Or do you feel yes. like... <laughs> Absolutely. It's the only way to get through the really, really hard stuff in life is you just have to try to find the silly things in it. And that's what my dad does. And that's why he's such a good caretaker. All right. So the What They Had trailer, it really does look great. How many handkerchiefs do you give this one? A whole box. Whole box. For sure. Our next trailer is the Operation Finale trailer. May I ask you something? I'm not in a position to refuse. Is it true you called the camps liquidation machines? Everyone used flippin' terms for dirty work. To make us seem like animals. We're all animals. Some of us just have bigger teeth than others. Another just acting tour de force here. Like, these trailers are really powerful. This one, too. This is directed by Chris Weitz. He wrote and directed American Pie. And then he wrote and directed About a Boy... But he's moved on from those films in a big way. He's been writing some films lately, but here he is back to direct. And this one looks powerful as hell. It is the story of Adolf Eichmann, who is a general for the Nazis who escaped Germany after World War II to Argentina. And this is about the task force that went after him from Israel to bring him to trial for his war crimes. And it's a true story. And this has Ben Kingsley as Adolf Eichmann and he looks fucking terrifying and frightening he looks amazing I he this uh, can we just give him uh an Academy Award nomination as well they this is, will. I mean this looks amazing but it also has Oscar Isaac Melanie Laurent who is Shoshana from Inglorious Bastards and uh Nick Kroll mm-hmm. Nick Kroll in a serious role and he, he looks good this looked so good. They have a scene where they have a bunch of Jewish prisoners that are all in this gigantic ditch and there are guns trained on them and Eichmann raises his hand and you're like, oh my goodness, this is going to be an atrocity. And the whole plot is like, basically they all want to kill him rather than like put him on trial like because he's so terrible and he's like manipulative and it looks powerful. It looks amazing. Uh, what did you think about this one, Lady Wanko? I think this looks like some really, really epic performances from both Oscar Isaac and Ben Kingsley. I think we've got some double nominee situations here. Yeah, this looks amazing. I'm going to be there to see this one. This one is going to come out August 29th. Oh, that's soon. Right. It'll be here before you know it. That's not award season. Award season is all year now. Okay, so we got another trailer. The Hunter Killer trailer. Sir, we've got a shootout under the ice. I told Six Feet you want a hunter killer. We've been ordered to cross waters that no American sub has ever crossed before. Submerge the ship. (laughs) 
witnessing the most aggressive military buildup in Russian history. This looks like another basic Gerard Butler <laughs> should have been a Netflix VOD movie. But this one looks good. The effects look really good. And it's got a cast that looks game as well. It's got Linda Cardellini, Common, and Gary Oldman. So it's got a fine cast and Gerard Butler. <laughs> <laughs> So Gerard Butler is Captain Joe Glass, who is captain, I suppose, of a nuclear submarine called Hunter Killer. And the Russian president is kidnapped in a coup, and he is going to team up with some Navy SEALs to go get him. And this is somehow going to be good for the relationship between the United States and Russia. This movie has weird timing. Is anyone going to see this movie, Lady One? Are you going to see this movie, Hunter Killer? So I'm going to say 14 to 17-year-old boys will for sure see this movie because stuff explodes. I also believe this to be Gary Oldman's Catwoman. You know, get that Oscar, go make a big pile of shit. <laughs> oh, my God. But when I was watching it, like, legitimately, I was like, what? We're making a movie about, like, Russia arming and, like, preparing for war? That's so weird. How are we allowed to do that? Oh, wait, we're rescuing the Russian president. I get it. I understand now because that's 2018, man. <laughs> she's weird and um, I think I will tell you when I will watch this movie I will watch this movie the week before the how did this get made episode about this movie comes out that's when I'll watch it <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so this movie looked good but there was no moment in the trailer that gripped me enough to where I was like oh I gotta see this you know no this looks dumb Big and dumb and loud. Uh, it's like if they can't even give me a moment in the trailer that makes me go, oh, my God, this is going to be insane. They're not going to do it in the movie. So that's why nope. this might be one to to skip right over. Mm -hmm. Next, I wanted to bring this up because this this is interesting. The, the Slender Man trailer came out. People don't just disappear. Slenderman trailer looks like pretty standard horror fare, but this movie, of course, has a bit of controversy. So Slenderman had an interesting history online. Do, do you want to tell us some of that, Lady Wan? So Slenderman is based on a creepypasta, which is like the internet version of urban legends slash campfire stories. So it's got to sound just believable that like, oh, my friend told me this and it could be real. But it's really just a bunch of nonsense. It took on a life of its own and it got to be like this really big story amongst creepypastas. And these crazy ass chicks in like Wisconsin. Two 12 year old girls. Young girls decided that they needed to stab their friend for the Slender Man. 19 times. Yeah. Yes. They wanted to like please Slender Man or something or sacrifice yeah. her for Slender yeah, Man. Yeah, like for the Slender yeah. Man because this story is like so ubiquitous amongst like an entire generation of little internet kids. And I don't know. To me, that just makes this movie like extra creepy. Yeah. I mean, and maybe borderline inappropriate. Yeah. One of the fathers of, of one of the girls that stabbed 
the classmate said, quote, it's absurd they want to make a movie like this. It's popularizing a tragedy is what it's doing. I'm not surprised, but in my opinion, extremely distasteful. All we're doing is extending the pain all three of these families have gone through. Yeah, it doesn't seem good to me. I'm afraid of creepypasta. Like, I'm afraid of everything as is well documented on this podcast. So I'm not going to read a creepypasta. But to me, it doesn't appear that there is enough there for this to be like a horror movie. This is a scary story that you read for like four and a half minutes alone in the dark. And then you're all creeped out afterward. Do you think that the fact that there was controversy and the fact that there were real life stabbings for Slender Man is going to, in some morbid way, peak interest of young people to see it? Probably. I feel like anyone between the ages of like 13 and 22 is going to go see this movie. Because they're going to be, oh, Slender Man, that's that thing where those girls stab the other girl. Yeah, I think there's going to be some morbid fascination with it. Like, we're just an entire generation of gawkers at this point, so I get it. Yeah, I think there there's precedent for this in, in horror. I, I do know that there are horror movies that come out based on real crimes and not even that long after the actual crimes. I think there's Psycho and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, both based on uh, the Ed Gain murders. Those ones, I'm sure, are not right. Like, if you were one of a relative of one of Ed Gain's victims, you might not be happy that some of those movies exist. But in this day and age of the internet and so much information, we're not watching a story that maybe somebody heard, that somebody read, that it's true, you know. And we have unlimited access to this story. There's no just urban legends or stories that are far away from us anymore. Everything's now close. So we're all close to this story. And that's why I think this one feels a little bit more uh, distasteful. Yeah. That's the news. Do you have any final thoughts this week? I do. So longtime listeners of this podcast will remember that I was patently against the Disney Fox merger. And it has just gone through last week. It's official, which is why X-Men Dark Phoenix got scrapped, which is why a lot of stuff is about to change. So R.I.P. the independent movie studio, R.I.P. original ideas, pour one out for any new IP and let's all drink to the era of the sequel, the reboot, and the reimagining because nothing new can stay. Whoa. I can piggyback off of that with another little final thought. Hit me. The cast of Guardians of the Galaxy (gasps) released an official statement coming out in support of James Gunn. Mm -hmm. It was posted by Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel, Dave Bautista, Karen Gillan, Palm Clementif, Sean Gunn, and Michael Rooker. They all signed the statement. And the statement reads, To our fans and friends, we fully support James Gunn. We were all shocked by his abrupt firing last week and have intentionally waited these 10 days to respond in order to think, pray, listen, and discuss. In that time, we've been encouraged by the outpouring of support from fans and members of the media who wish to see James reinstated as director of Volume 3, as well as discouraged by those so easily duped into believing the many outlandish conspiracy theories surrounding him. Being in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies has been a great honor in each of our lives. We cannot let this moment pass without expressing our love, support, and gratitude for James. We are not here to defend his jokes of many years ago, but rather to share our experience having spent many years together on set making Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. The character he has shown in the wake of his firing is consistent with the man he was every day on set, and his apology now and from years ago when first addressing these remarks, we believe is from the heart a heart we all know, trust, and love, 
in casting each of us to help him tell the story of misfits who find redemption, he changed our lives together. We believe the theme of redemption has never been more relevant than now. Each of us looks forward to working with our friend James again in the future. His story isn't over, not by a long shot. There is little due process in the court of public opinion. James is likely not the last good person to be put on trial. Given the growing political divide in this country, it's safe to say instances like this will continue. Although we hope Americans from across the political spectrum can ease up on the character assassinations and stop weaponizing mob mentality. It is our hope that what has transpired can serve as an example for all of us to realize the enormous responsibility we have to ourselves and to each other regarding the use of our written words when we etch them in digital stone. That we as a society may learn from this experience and in the future will think twice before we decide what we want to express and in so learning perhaps can harness this capability to help and heal instead of hurting each other. Thank you for taking the time to read our words. The Guardians of the Galaxy. So there's that statement, and there are also more than one online petitions going around. What do you think? Do you think it's imminent that James Gunn will get uh, reinstated, Lady One? I think it seems pretty likely just to have the full cast support him like this, but at the very least, to slow down the judge, jury, executioner process would be like super cool if we could just chill out for a second and be reasonable and look at things and that doesn't mean everybody gets to do anything they want or say anything they want but it means we need to stop having knee-jerk reactions and just dismissing people instantly exactly well said apparently bob Iger, which is walt disney chairman is on vacation and there are people that believe that he's going to make some kind of decision when he comes back from vacation about this interesting okay so that was my piggyback i have one quick final thought which is good we haven't really talked about it but last week i, I mentioned that bill and ted three might be in a little bit of trouble because keanu reeves said so well bill s press and esquire <laughs> alex winter says everything's fine so hey everything's fine all right we got an email from brian brian had some comments about our ant-man fix from a few weeks weeks ago uh do you want to read that one lady one sure Good morning, screen fixers. I just listened to your fixes of Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I agree that little needed fixing in this movie. I think the box office numbers cited by Lady One are unfortunate because this film is exactly what we needed following Infinity War. The scale of the movie is small, pun intended, but impactful and focused on character instead of spectacle. I'm especially concerned about how Disney and Marvel is interpreting the numbers based on the untimely departure of James Gunn from the Guardians franchise. The MCU has been arguably the tightest and most successful movie franchise in cinema history. Could corporate penny-pinching and knee-jerk reactions keep them from sticking the landing in Phase 3? Finally, I guess all great podcast email writers like these superheroes have a secret identity. Should I create one in anticipation of being great one day? In honor of my favorite movie, perhaps Citizen Cam. Well, hope hopefully with some of the petitions and some of the support for James Gunn that will have him back. So ho hopefully they're going to course correct there. I think Marvel is really good at taking chances. And I think Ant-Man performed probably about what Marvel was expecting. It wasn't going to be one of their bigger films. The first one wasn't either. But I did love this movie. I wish it did better, of course. I, yeah. I loved it. Disney has that problem, not so much with Marvel, but with their Star Wars properties. Yeah, I would agree with that. They yeah. play too tight. They play it way too tight. And hopefully none of that bleeds over into Marvel. I'm holding out for Marvel to continue with, with their track record of just knocking it out of the water on a small scale and on a large scale. So, Citizen Cam, love your letter. Keep them coming. 
be part of the show. Love it. If you would like us to read your email on the show, send one to us at screenfixpod at gmail.com. Or if email is too much of a commitment for you, just tweet us at screenfixpod or follow us on Instagram at screenfixpod. We post some good shit. Facebook too, screenfixpodcast. And you can listen to the show on Spotify, Stitcher, Libsyn, Google Play, and of course, Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, please rate us. Five stars would be preferable. Write a review and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. We also have a Patreon account if you want to donate to the show and be part of the show. When you donate, we have dreams of opening a one-screen movie theater to be the home of podcasting and movie festivals and marathons and all kinds of fun stuff like that. So if you want to donate, go to Patreon and look for Screen Fix Podcast. Let's leave things with what you think Rumpelstiltskin's voice is going to sound like in Rumpelstiltskin. And I want to hear you say... I'm Rumpelstiltskin, but in your worst Rumpelstiltskin voice. Go ahead. This is so hard to do. You always make me have to do voices that are man voices. <laughs> I can't make man voices. Yes, you can. Go for it. Do Peter Dinklage saying, I'm Rumpelstiltskin, as he pops out from the curtain. Why is he behind a curtain? <laughs> because Why did you say I... that? I don't think that's how it works. I think he like appears in the window. Because he has to make an entrance. Does he? Yeah. And uh, I'll go first. I'll go first. I'm Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> no, you can't do that. All right. Your, your turn. Go. <laughs> I'm Rumpelstiltskin. You sounded like Teddy Rubskin. Teddy Rubskin. Oh, pour one out. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Bye, everybody. Bye.